0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl.
1: All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener who is listening to this podcast, can send in to ask at legallysoundsmartbusiness.com. And that's an email address just to remember. And my name is Nasser Pasha. Not messed up. We are in middle of the year now, right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I took a big break. we can stop saying happy new year now.
2: Uh yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know when the cutoff is for that. I think uh January 2nd. Is it? Uh yeah, my mind. It's dependent on the year because it it falls on a Thursday this year, so people might not be coming or this year, the fifth is the cutoff, so by the time this episode comes out, we'll... Yeah,
1: but if, if you use that logic, then if I see somebody for the first time in a year on December 1st, then I would say Happy New Year then. What's the rule?
2: Well, I, I, I'm saying that I think that people aren't going to see each other until the fifth. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to test it out and see what, I, see what people say to me, and then I'll let you know the... Uh, Report back. Yeah, the results. All right, well what do we have? Oh, one of your favorite topics for sure. Yeah. Uber. Yeah, we're we're talking about Uber, but I have to
1: I have to give some disclaimer. Obviously Uber has success and they're good at what they do and they they raised a bunch of money and all that. But I guess my opinion is just that, man, how they're doing it is just so annoying, you know, this kind of do no evil kind of uh culture that we think startups have but they actually don't, you know?
2: Yeah. And I'm probably going to have to take an Uber tomorrow. <laughs> they do have taxis in San Diego and taxi services. It's so much harder to get those if they don't drive by. They have apps. They have apps, I think. Well, anyway. So does Uber. <laughs>
1: yeah, but Uber, et cetera, et cetera. We've already talked about it.
2: I will look up on Yelp, which is better, Uber or taxis, and that's what I'll decide. <laughs> no. No. <laughs>
1: Definitely, I'm gonna make it my business to destroy those two companies this year. No, I'm not that crazy,
2: but good luck. So, with this, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of things in the news with Uber. I think if you there's a new story that comes out every day, mostly bad. But the one we're going to talk about here is the drivers who sued Uber. And the reason we're talking about this is it's going to come down as a big thing of whether these drivers are going to be considered employees or independent contractors. Which should come as no surprise, Uber is filing this motion for summary judgment saying that its drivers are not employees because they do not provide services to Uber. And let's see, their actual argument here, basically they're saying they're a, a lead generation almost of of sorts and they get the calls in and then they send them out to the drivers and at that point it's all up to the drivers on you know kind of how they do everything. So in that case these people are not employees or they're, they're contractors these are all their own individual businesses that they're running
1: yeah and this is the exact same issue that FedEx drivers had to deal with earlier this year
2: and uh, I haven't
1: we need to follow up on that too because I mean that's such a huge was a huge decision where a court said that FedEx drivers were misclassified as independent contractors and they were actually employees but if you recall, in that case, as we know, we look outside our offices, we see FedEx drivers in FedEx trucks, right? They're using the brand name and all that. So there's a little bit more a closer integration between the drivers and FedEx, where Uber, obviously, they use their own vehicles. Technically, even in FedEx, they technically own their vehicles. And I think they have some kind of leasing mechanism there. But that kind of setup was seen through by the courts as just kind of a sham setup. At the end of the day, they still had a lot of control. And Uber makes the same argument, but I think they're a little bit more successful because of the aspect of there is there is a separation that Uber drivers can basically work when they want, whereas FedEx drivers do have schedules and routes and things like that, and they do work certain times and a little bit more restricted. And so I think they have a better argument from that perspective, but I'm still looking for the case... And I I haven't seen an attorney do this yet. I think there's a viable case to argue that Uber is actually a franchise. And they are trying to sell their franchise to these Uber drivers. And that's something that I haven't seen before. Because if you if you break it down a little bit, they call these uh what are they what do they call the actual Uber drivers? It's it's such a funny name. Yeah, a small business entrepreneur. That's how they sell this dream of being an Uber driver. They even got into trouble. And I wrote about this last year, that they released this press release, and they still have it up, by the way, that UberX drivers make a median income of $90,000 in New York City and $74,000 in San Francisco. But the math didn't seem to make sense for people. When, and after people started calculating, it looks like, and I don't, I don't know if Uber's actually confirmed this, but it looks like you have to work 80 hours a week in order to make that kind of money. And when they say median, there's something that doesn't make sense there. And the point is that they're trying to sell this, sell this dream of being an Uber driver because that's really the Uber driver is the meat of the company. That's where, where their worth is. Without them, they would be nothing.
2: I'd be curious to know what the the drivers get what their cut is from every every ride.
1: I know that they increase the cut that Uber used to take. So Uber drivers are making less. And then on top of that, Uber drivers are making less too because there's more Uber drivers on the road. There are plenty of Uber drivers that don't even make minimum wage. When you take into consideration that they have to pay the cost for their vehicle, they have, you know, downtime and all that. And there's been a lot of failure stories, but there's a lot of success stories too. Yeah. So it kinda kinda goes both ways. But that's kind of the point. I can in my mind, I'm looking at the franchise aspect of things is because franchise law is is designed to protect the franchisees because they're putting in significant commitment. A lot of times they're buying into something and they're giving royalties to the franchisor. And so the law requires all these disclosures to the franchisees. And so what I feel here is that At the least, okay, maybe you're not a a franchise, but at least disclose accurate information to your drivers, because for them, it's a commitment, too. They may quit their job. They may, you know, repair their vehicle and and, and even lease a vehicle for these purposes and all these different aspects and go out there and then spend, you know, months working as an Uber driver and then find out later that they didn't they made less than they would have if they would have just got a
2: regular job. My office that I work out of actually used to have uh, meetings for Uber drivers all the time. Uber would set up shop there and do their meetings to get new drivers. I should have sat in on one of them, see what they tell people.
1: I wonder if they require a confidentiality agreement for sitting in on those meetings, I wonder. You know, I'm not sure. We should totally do that. Go on the inside, insider information,
2: and then break it NDA. <laughs> that's a way to go for sure yeah that's actually our question of the day too
1: (laughs) well wasn't that was that a question that uh, someone asked did we already ask that answer that question where someone asked to, to have their employees sign an nda at the interview
2: uh yeah we definitely talked about that i can't remember if we actually answered that or not but i know we got that question yeah we definitely talked about it one way or another But let's get into our real question of the day because we'll have plenty of time to talk about Uber at another date. Yes, we will. Beginning of the year, always a question. As a business owner in California, what new laws should I know about?
1: Yeah, there's a whole, I don't know. There's probably at least, what would you say, 20 or so of them. Most of them are very subtle and probably not going to affect you, but there's about a 20 or so that do affect uh, employment issues.
2: Yeah. And I think the biggest one, which people have probably heard of, or maybe they haven't, I I don't know. I hope they have, (laughs) but it's the, the mandatory paid sick leave that you have to give to your employees up to three days per year, which I mean, the grand scheme of things is very little for the grand scheme of things for an individual employee. It's very little three days spread over What is it? Five times 50. The number of days you're going to work three days isn't that much at all. But for the employer, this is pretty big because now you're if you didn't have a policy in place before, now you're essentially giving them every single person three days off and also having to pay them. So, yeah, that'll be a pretty big one for employers in in California.
1: What's a little confusing about this law, and I think a lot of I've already seen a lot of employers fall into this trap after reviewing their manual when they made these changes is that even though the minimum is three days, the accrual rate is different. It's at a higher rate than it would be if it was equal to three days, meaning it's one hour for every 30 hours worked. And let's say that they're working full time. If they worked a full year at that rate, it would actually amount to almost eight hours or eight days a, a year. So you can cap it at three days, but it, but you also have to accrue it at a certain rate. So if, either, if you accrue at a certain rate, don't forget you need to cap it too, because it may end up being a lot more than what you would expect. So that's a very common trap that we've already seen when going through our, our clients' employment manuals and policies.
2: You can correct me if I'm wrong. That's probably the biggest one on the employment side
1: i mean there's other ones too that's the big one that's it's not even going to affect technically in january 1st well the you have to have the policies in place but the accrual doesn't need to start until i think june right june 30th or so i believe or july 1st it looks like yeah and so there's been other one i mean obviously we had the minimum wage this last summer and that has different implications they have different penalties now for minimum wage violations including waiting time penalties There was some other limits on the use of arbitration agreements, and this can be applied towards employment contracts to a certain extent. And that's pretty significant. But one of the other aspects of those law changes is that it requires arbitration panels like AAA and JAMS, two very common uh, arbitration panels, to publish certain reports. And now I I don't have a good understanding of what details. What I have read so far is that some of the reports actually disclose who the employers are and things like that. And what's so significant about that is those of you who know me, I'm not a big fan of arbitration in the first place, but sometimes with employment contracts, I I have, uh, from employers' perspective, it's good. But if you're getting rid of the confidentiality aspect of it, which is a big, huge proponent of why arbitration is good, then it kind of loses all its uh, benefits. And so that's a pretty big change, and it just confirms my my reasoning why arbitration is just so overrated by attorneys, for that matter.
2: Yeah, arbitration is something you, I feel like you hear it a lot more than you should.
1: Yeah, they're in every agreement unnecessarily. They became boilerplate to a certain point. Right now, I don't think it, it's really a great idea to have that as a standard term, unless you really know you want that in there.
2: It is everywhere. So, and it's actually, and I, you know, how I do some estate planning, it's even comes up in there in terms of whether the successor trustee or whoever can bind the trustor with an arbitration clause and a contract. Some bad news for Michael Scott if he ha- opens up his paper company in California, is they have to provide supervising training on abusive conduct. So, he's going to run into some problems there
1: also if he has interns too right because i i think one one season they had interns and if you have interns and volunteers unpaid before this year the discrimination and harassment uh, protections didn't extend to unpaid interns and volunteers so that's going to change as well or that has changed i should say and so now they have those protections under FIHA.
2: i mean so those are kind of the some general new laws we can keep going on and on, but every minute we spend on this, the more boring it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So plenty to come, I'm sure. But all right. Well, thanks for joining us. And uh,
1: let's start out this new year right, even though we've already started out the new year. But for our second episode, make sure you leave a positive review on iTunes if you would.
0: Yeah.
2: And as always, keep it sound, keep it smart.
0: This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasir Pasha and Matt Stopp. but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.